0: It was so fun to walk into the space today because it's exactly my workshop, but it's way bigger. (laughs) But I spend a lot of time sitting here. Um, All of my tools are on the board. There's some shoes that are in progress on the table. I still haven't finished those red ones. They're waiting for me when I get home. Um, But yeah, these are my tools, and this is is like a little spot where I spend a lot of time working.
1: Talk to me about the process of making shoes because some of the tools... Look familiar? Yeah. If you were to give me a kit, mm-hmm. and from that kit I was to make a pair of shoes, what yeah. would be in there?
0: Well, you know, if you went to like a a hardware store, you could probably find the things you would need to make a pretty basic pair of shoes. So you need a hammer, uh, a pincers, or like a a needle nose pliers is what I started when I was making my first shoes. It was like just a needle nose pliers, a hammer, knives or scissors. And that's pretty much the basic stuff, attack puller, glue. But all of these tools that you see on the board, those are kind of more specialty things that are used for doing edge finishing. And you can see I have like a lot of hammers. They all have different faces, different like domed faces. They're French hammers, so they're like different curves on the back end. So there are a lot of tools that look really familiar, but we use them in slightly different ways. A lot of really sharp knives is really important it's all things that you might recognize or that are similar. If you've made books, um, there's a lot of crossover. So, yeah, it's nothing that's too unfamiliar. It's really how they're used and, and the knowledge, the visceral knowledge in your body is, is what, what the, where it is.
1: So I also see patterns. So sort of walk me through the process. Yeah. I come in, I want a fly pair of shoes, square yeah. toe, because for some reason last night mm-hmm. I literally woke up thought, oh, man, I want a pair of square toe boots.
0: Well, you can make it happen.
1: All right, so walk yes. me through the process.
0: Okay, well, I should preface this by saying every shoe and bootmaker will do it a little bit differently. So I can speak for myself, and, and there's like a generality to it, but everyone's going to do it a little bit differently.
1: But so, are the tools, yeah. Amara, are yeah. the tools the same tools and the same process yeah. as in the beginning? And it's just personal preference as to how you kind use of, them?
0: Yeah, Yeah, and also like what you're used to. So yeah, if I go to somebody else's shop, it's really hard for me to use their knives because they're sharpened at a slightly different bevel than how I sharpen them, and we use very, very sharp knives, for example. Or the cur- like the dome on the hammer might be a little bit different, and like if it's too curved, it can leave a divot. If it's too flat, it can leave like a little mark on the edge. So knowing your tool, like your tools, just become an extension of your body. And these ones are definitely my tools. And walking into somebody else's shop, it'd be hard for me to use their tools without doing a little practice first. But yeah, walking in the shop, so a client comes. Uh, we talk about what they want, square toes, for example, or whatever. And I measure their feet. And we look at leathers. And we talk about the style. I do a really rough, I'm really terrible at drawing. And I do a really terrible sketch. And amazingly, people trust me.
1: Well, look um, at the end product. I mean, come on.
0: You know, all of the good ones walk away. I have to say the best work walks out the door. (laughs) But yeah, anyhow, so that's what happens with the client. So the, the planning process can be intense. And then I build a fit model for them to kind of try on because they're all made for specific anatomy. And it's complicated. Like to make a shoe stick on your foot is, you know, you have to do different manipulations and stuff. So I make a little model for you to come and try on. You come back, try it on, make a little adjustments, and then I build the shoes.
1: About how long does it take you to build a shoe? How long would it take you to build a shoe as opposed to a boot? Is there that big of a time difference?
0: Well, cowboy boot making and shoe making are really different processes. It's a different order of operations, kind of, and it's just a different patterning technique. And so there is a rift between cowboy boots and shoes, only because it's hard to do them both because it's a different patterning. You're, you mentioned the patterns; it's a different patterning situation. You know, most shoe and boot makers, however, will spend between forty and a hundred hours
1: on a pair of of, of footwear. Ooh, 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 yeah, ooh! Yeah, it
0: takes a long time. It's 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 kind of surprising.
1: You can know. see it though. You can see how long it must take because, it's, if even from a distance, mm-hmm. I can look at this green pair of shoes, which I really really like. <laughs> I can look at this green pair of shoes mm-hmm. and. A, it looks like magic, which tells me that it's a difficult process and mm-hmm. takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. but the precision in the in the making of the shoe and, and making decisions, especially when you're working with a, with a client, mm-hmm. are you working not only with them in their physical needs but also, like, their emotional needs? Oh, yeah, totally. So yeah. sort of walk me through yeah. that because I think that I would be a terrible client and they're like, yeah, 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 it fits. Get it. Like, I would be so excited to get it done that I don't even know if I would tell you if it was pinching you know, my little baby toe. You yeah, know what I if mean?
0: You know, if you like how it looks, it's amazing how good it feels. <laughs> and, like, if you don't like how it looks, it does not feel good at all. Yeah, completely. Yeah, so it's, that's an added incentive to put that shine on, you know, that final shine.
1: <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, it's
0: it's pretty astounding. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but every client is totally different. So I've had people come in, and they just sit down and start crying because – it's really vulnerable. Some people have never shown their foot to pe- to someone before because they feel like they're ugly. They're they feel self conscious of their body. They, they're not touched, you know. Um, and some people come in and they are wearing really fancy shoes and they want more really fancy shoes. And that's my job, you know. And so it really it you never know exactly who's going to come to the door, um, because I just correspond by with people by email, and you never know what's going to happen once the fitting starts. And so. Um, yeah it just it really varies, and I try to just be present with who I'm with because I don't know like I don't have an agenda and I don't want to sell shoes um I want to build something that is meaningful to someone and um and that you know that's the important part for me is like I have no interest in selling I have you know plenty of clients so <laughs> I'm not going to try to like upsell anybody something I want to build something that is, that will be meaningful for them for a long time because the shoes last
1: forever it's a ne- it's a necessity for most mm-hmm. But the need, the, desi- the emotional attachment, the desire outstrips, like, the actual need for. Sure. Like, yeah. you, any shoe that fits you, you could wear and do about totally. it. But who would want any shoe that fit them?
0: You know, I'll never forget on my graduate, like, my defense committee, there was somebody who was, like, he just could not wrap his, like, everyone was, like, talking about the story and about this and the emotions of shoes and talking about footwear as metaphor and footwear as, and this guy was like, yeah, it's just shoes. Like I, like whatever it's just shoes like who, and and I actually kind of appreciated that at first I was like who is this Joker, but then I, I I looked at him he was like short squat short pants running shoes just like nothing, uh, beautiful maybe I don't know what to say about what he was wearing it was completely utilitarian and is almost like anti aesthetic, and I thought you know that too is the statement you know and so I you, it 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 reminded me that like not everyone is going to have the same parameter or be drawn to the stuff in the same way that I am or see the same things that I do or that I wish to present. And that is fine,
1: you know? And not everybody shares your story. It seems to me from our conversation that your journey with shoemaking really came from a place of uncertainty and necessity in the sense of I can do this, so I'm going to do this, to now it's a choice. And now... You have you you're reaping. I'm going to say reaping all this wonderful all these wonderful awards, mm-hmm. because of this this place she was sort of forced into.
0: Sure. I, well, I've been really lucky. I I will have to say, like I, I do work hard, but I've also been very lucky. And um, one of the things that's been really special about this show is to bring people together whose work I really admire all into one place. Uh, because everyone everyone comes to this profession from very, very different uh, places, whether that's emotional places, physical places, um, economic places. It's just every, everyone's coming from a different spot, and we're all on this kind of similar path that's very different from most people's job, even other craftsmen. You know, being a shoemaker is a particular thing, just like every craftsman has a you know, particular kind of there's stuff that go with that job. And so it's been really wonderful to see all this work together and also to, um, to talk to some of these other shoemakers about what they are, you know, like how they got here. Um, it's been really great. Yeah.